0: Hail and welcome to Circle Talk everybody, a podcast for Seekers, Initiates and the Curious by Four Alexandrian Witches Everybody's laughing at me, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep, we should should keep this in, but everybody's laughing Anyway
1: Yeah, I'm thinking our theme song is gonna be, (laughs) I just noticed you're eating,
2: James
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're laughing, James is eating It's early and I'm hungry Right, take three, Hail and welcome everybody to Circle Talk, a podcast for Seekers, Initiates and the Curious by Four Alexandrian Witches with endless different opinions. We are your hosts.
1: Hi, I'm G, a high priestess and coven leader from the
2: Boston area of Massachusetts. I'm JC, a high priestess and coven leader near Melbourne, Australia.
3: Hi, I'm James, a high priest and coven leader from just outside New Orleans, Louisiana.
0: And I'm Peter, a high priest and coven leader from South Wales. Now, before we get into it, um, we didn't touch upon it, in our last episode, because I've just remembered, but I know you guys tasked me with watching Princess Diaries. I am going to have to disappoint you, and I haven't seen it yet. Princess, Princess Bride. No, not Princess, Princess Diaries, Bride. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. See, I can't even get the name of the of the film right. Um, either way, I've not seen either of those still yet. Even I though didn't I watch asked it my the members, ah, oh, there we go. No. Shame so on you both. I will. Tr- I will really try because we tasked James with watching. Um, practical magic, and and he he did, so this is my apology. Anyway, um, we're a podcast where we talk about Alexandrian witchcraft and explore different opinions on how the Alexandrian tradition is practiced in various covens around the globe. Uh, We just want to remind you as well that while we're all initiates of the Alexandrian tradition, we only speak for ourselves and not for the tradition as a whole, which we all know by now, and you guys know listening, that it is an impossible thing to do. If um, this is your first episode, welcome. This is actually episode 12. You might want to pause and take a moment to go back and listen to our introductory episodes, which is episode zero introductions and episode one for definitions. Or you can just uh, check them out after you enjoy this one. So this is our Sabbath special and actually a return to our first Sabbath special. So yes, today we're going to be talking about our personal practices around this time of the year and around the Sabbaths and touch upon what each of us might be doing for Beltan in the Northern Hemisphere and Samhain in the Southern Hemis- Hemisphere. This episode marks uh, the halfway point of us turning the wheel and these Sabbat specials. This means that we're going to start repeating ourselves a little bit, um, but we hope you'll bear with us. We want to get through a full cycle of doing things this way so we can fully explore the similarities and differences in how the Sabbaths are celebrating on both hemispheres. This can also serve as a review for new listeners and seekers who may not be familiar uh, with what we do. So with that said, uh, today we're going to be talking about Beltan, Beltane and Samhain. We're going to be looking at um, the cross quarter days, what they are, what do they mean, we're going to be looking at cultural practices around these two holidays and our own coven practices around these holidays as well. So let's go. All right. High five. Get on the broom. Let's go, witches. Da-da-da. OK, so if we just jump straight in, then let's have a reminder. What is what is a quarter day? Does anybody want to kick us off? What is a quarter day, guys?
1: So the cross quarter days fall about equidistant between an equinox and a Sabbath So there's four cross-quarter days, just as there's two equinoxes and two sabbats. At this point in the Northern Hemisphere, we're at the cross-quarter that is equally between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. And in the Southern Hemisphere, between the autumnal equinox and the winter solstice.
0: Nice. And are, are these dates always set? Do they always fall on a specific date? Or can they change? Good question. So it depends. I think there are both
1: um, sort of secular-ish days that tend to get associated, like October 31st with Samhain and the Northern Hemisphere, Halloween. But technically, because the solstices and the equinoxes can shift dates, therefore the cross-quarter dates would also shift. You would have to count out, what, about 45 days, right, from one to the other, and that's where you would find the cross-quarter day. Or you can just Google, because that is easier now.
0: Yeah, nice. So let's move on. What what is happening energetically at Beltan at Beltane? What what is happening with our craft? What is happening with us as people? Um, we'll we'll cut the in, in a bit, Josie. Don't worry. <laughs> so for me, the the energy at Beltan at Beltane is it's gaining in strength from the energy that that we feel at the spring equinox. For me, it's all about the fact that um, that energy is building towards the summer solstice where we're at the height of summer um, and obviously with that comes into play about the god and the goddess which we'll probably touch upon later as well um, but what what do you all think about what is happening energetically at Beltan?
3: I know in the greater contemporary pagan community the the first thing that people all get to is is about the, the union is about sex, and so on and so forth. And they're not wrong, but I think it's a bit more than that. Um, I read a, lo- a blog a long time ago that I think it was something like uh, is not about sex. The Sex is the symbol. Um, it's like the finger on the hand pointing towards the mystery. Don't worship or look too hard at the finger. You, you need to use it to focus towards the direction of what you're paying attention to. And so just wanted to put that little reminder out there for folks that the symbol, what does it speak towards? Um, with that, using language of symbols, it is the union. Um, it's the union of polarity. It's when the sacred king, the sun, marries the land and sovereignty is crowned upon his head. So,
0: and there's, there's a whole lot
3: more. That's just a quick snippet to, to poke with that. Yeah,
0: for us as well, we we look at that interplay of the land becoming fertile and the God planting his seed, for lack of a better word, ready um, for the summer solstice and and, and pushing up towards that. Um, what about what about you, G? What do you see belting us as energetically?
1: Um, I think that fertility plays a really big role in it. But back in college, we in made sure to establish that when we're talking about fertility, We're talking about fertility in the world, not in our wombs, unless that's what you want, in which case, go for it. But in college, we distinctly did not want that. Lots of effort was put into not having that. So we're very cautious when we talk about fertility to ensure that, especially so that we're not being overly heteronormative about it. Fertility means new growth, new opportunities, um, having the, the field, the available tools there to plant whatever it is that you're trying to get. Um, I also think that the Beltane energy feels a little bit bacchanal for for me um, because of just sort of like that excitement of spring. People do tend to get a little bit um, energetic, crazy in a good way. When spring comes around, right? We all get a little bit stir crazy. We're all like eager to get outside, eager to run around. Um, so there's a lot of that happening, which can come out in sex or it can come out in um more ecstatic other kinds of ecstatic um experience
0: yeah i I think it's important for us to touch upon that that fertility doesn't just mean sex and making babies you know when we talk about fertile land what what do we actually mean Well, what we mean is that within that fertile land within that fertile soil crops grow so it's all about growth Fertility isn't just about making babies you know at, at, at the exclusion of people who can't or who don't want to you know fertility is more than just that it is about growth it's about moving forward and I think I think that was my full stop <laughs> I don't really know where I was going with that I was just talking um what about um what about the Samhain let's let's look at the other side of the coin um what do we think is going on at the moment with the land and with ourselves and energetically with I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that to you Josie
2: I was waiting for the two sides of the same coin. <laughs> it's a tick box that we have to get in all of these yeah. episodes, right? <laughs> so I was going to say it if you hadn't. Uh, no, over on this side of the coin, it's um, not very much the opposite, but also not. Um, this is a slowing down as we move towards um, the middle of winter. It is a time of, for some, um, a morning time, a time to remember ancestors to look back some people talk about the veil being very thin um, and all of these things energetically I really feel that slowing down Um, the weather is gray and gloomy outside I've got I actually just noticed I've got a bowl of apples from the tree down the road next to me like it's it's feeling very sour and I can feel energetically it's a real feeling of bringing the walls in. And starting to kind of close up after a long and fun summer, it's it's that slowing down and taking stock very much so as we move towards summer.
0: Yeah, and and it's nice that we use the the opposite sides of of the of the coin quite often on the podcast because I feel that whilst we here in the northern hemisphere are, are gearing up and are getting getting faster, you guys in the southern hemisphere are getting slower and energetic. We can't have in in my opinion, at least we can't have that both hemispheres are both doing the same thing, going really quickly, really quickly, or going really slowly, really slowly. Um, so it's nice that you mentioned that as well.
2: Yeah, there's a nice polarity that I've discovered since doing these podcasts, you guys. It's a really nice balance, and I feel it balances out my practice. It's very interesting.
0: Yeah, I think I think I said something before about um, it's almost when we step in the circle, we're kind of high-fiving from the same circle, but from a different circle, if that makes sense, we're kind of like, oh, hi, hi. And then it's yeah. kind of like the same, same coin two different sides. Okay, it, if we just, if me maybe stick with Samhain then, what about, what about culturally? So we're talking about energetically, but what about culturally, Cult- culturally, can't speak.
2: Culturally, it's really interesting. A lot of our ideas about Samhain come from a, a sort of neo-paganism and early witchcraft. Um, this idea of um, honouring the dead, of the, the veil being thin between the worlds and all of these. Um, a lot of these ideas aren't ancient. Um, the festival name Samhain is ancient or, or old. It's it's an old Irish festival. Um, but it's only been associated with the dead since the likes of James Fraser, um, who was an anthropologist who wrote The Golden Bough. Um, He was one of the first to associate the day with the dead because of its proximity to days like All Souls Day and and ideas like that. There's not actually much evidence that ancient Samhain had anything to do with the dead or or their veneration. So what we're doing is quite new and that's okay because it works for us. So, yes, generally people will be honouring their dead. They will be slowing down and remembering, especially those who've passed this year. Um, they will be celebrating uh, as covens in, in the context of traditional Wicca um, and remembering also like our mighty dead and ancestors of the craft as well. So I like to remember people like Doreen Valiente and her contribution to modern witchcraft during this time.
0: Yeah, I think that's a nice touch about at, at, at Sawin at least remembering those. Elders of the Craft, and just to plug our previous episode, um, where we talk about Elders of the Craft, of the line and of of tradition of covens. Um, I think that's a nice touch to remember the Elders of the Craft who came before us, who kind of paved the way, you know, for us for us to be here. That's, that's a really nice touch.
3: So as Josie was talking, it reminded me of an interplay that exists between these two sabbats. So I know we talk about Beltane being a subject of sex. We don't talk about Samhain. Um, and it's, it's probably not as commonly known. So the Irish mythology associated with this is on Douda, Um at Samhain, beds on Morgan next to a river. And she's the goddess of the dead, amongst other things. Um, and he is the epitome of fertility and the fire and the essence of Beltane. And so the two come together on the opposite end of the wheel. And so there's this interplay between life and death that exists between the two that you see in the myth that doesn't really roll too often into our modern understanding and t- context, but I think it's a an interesting interesting tidbit too. Reflect upon and you can see the connection between the two is the turning of that wheel.
2: Well, we are the cult of sex and death,
0: right?
3: Sex, death, and rock and roll, and pentacle chime in, <laughs> and wine,
2: and, <laughs>
1: and don't forget brass, yeah, yeah,
0: and the incense. I mean, we do love our incenses as, as witches. So, what about um, what about beltan culturally? Um, f- for me, as as a as a language teacher, I'm going to start off with the etymology, obviously. Um, the word the word Beltan Beltane, Beltane um, there's there's lots of theories about where it comes from. It might come from. Um, I think it's a, a Gaulish god, Belinus. There's lots of cross crossover links between lots of the Celtic languages. Uh, obviously, Beltane being being the anglicised version. But for me, pronouncing it, saying it as Beltan actually means tan, meaning fire, and and Bell being a reference to the god. Maur, who is a Welsh ancestral god of light, of shining, and it reminds me that that, that light is growing in strength since uh, midwinter, since the winter solstice. That light is continually growing right up until we get to the pinnacle for us, which is midsummer. Um, for me as well, culturally, it is, it is just about the world my craft getting bigger moving towards moving towards the light we're just coming out still of everything related with COVID and I think everything is is melding quite nice now um and that's and that's where we're at really culturally it is it is just about honoring those gods of the light moving moving towards uh the lighter the half of the year
1: I um I think it would be also worthwhile for you Peter probably to talk about the maypole tradition, which I think is sort of originated in your neck of the woods, although it's spread pretty far.
0: Yeah, so um, I think I think the, I, I'm not sure exactly where the maypole um, originates from. It's probably England, but I know it's it's also a European practice. Um, so it it might come from mainland Europe as well. Um, so the ritual of the maypole is where um, traditionally, traditionally, in air quotes you know, the men chop down a tree, um, which which has never really sat with me because it, you're kind of pulling something from the earth and we're talking about fertility and growth and keeping things alive. Um, but you dig a hole in the ground, the men chop the tree down because that's what the men do with the axes, obviously. Um, whilst the men are doing that, the women make garlands for the crowning of the, um, of the maypole. And then you... You insert, for lack of a better word, you insert the maypole into the ground. You put the soil back so it's, it's nice and steady. And then you have a maypole dance, which is a dance between uh, the participants, the men, the women, the people, um, and our melding of the energy around the, um, the maypole. Hopefully brings that fertility to the land. And um, what we'll do as well is we'll link uh, the, the YouTube bit from the wicker man because Uh, i was just
3: coming
1: for that yeah
0: i love that scene Um, now children
1: what does the maple represent phallic symbol
0: phallic symbol phallic symbol yeah if it's longer Um, than
1: it is wide
0: Mm. (laughs) so yeah we'll we'll link that as well because i i think that's that's a nice song to use as well in, in ritual and we will we'll talk about what what everybody does or what everybody can do later on but um but yeah, that's just a quick overview about, about the Maypole. I think one thing that we've not actually discussed yet is um, maybe, uh, maybe I missed it earlier, G, but we haven't really spoken about exact dates yet, have we? And I think sometimes people really want to know okay, yeah, they might be cross quarter dates, but when can we celebrate um, both Beltan and Samhain? So normally we celebrate Samhain on the 31st of October. Um, there's, there's reasons that this is the 31st of October and then we celebrate Beltan on the 1st of May. Um, I know that there are covens that celebrate it on the 30th of April, 31st of April. I still have to say that in my head, 30 days after September, April, June and November, because I always forget um, on the 31st of April, because it's, it's then the eve and it's, and it's May Eve or Beltan Eve. And I know that James can probably talk a little bit more about this as well.
1: 30th the 30th,
3: of april. 30th, it's, 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 30th it's both yeah so because it's the eve of april 30th but it goes into the day of may 1 right and that, that's your full cycle so it's on both days it's just part of both days and not the entirety of them
1: right and usually the cross quarter is typically around like the 7th or the 8th um of may like somewhere in there so it's a little bit later but You know, it does kind of depend on if you want to capture that sort of like cultural energy of everybody thinking of May 1st versus maybe waiting the extra week so that the weather looks like what it's supposed to look like outside. Um, There's also really specifically April 30th into May 1st is Valpurgis and Nacht, which is um, what the Germans do on this particular holiday. I don't know if anybody knows more about that.
2: So named after a saint and um, celebrates sort of the eradication <laughs> of witches. It was said to be a time when witches were at their strongest. So you did things to keep witches away. So you had fire- bonfires and things to keep witches away. It's actually in a lot of European folklore and different cultures, a lot of the fire traditions and having walking through smoke and things like that are to keep witches away or to keep them out and things like that. Oops. Oh, well. Didn't How work. well did that work? Yeah. How well did
0: that work? Um, so it's, it's nice that you mention about the fires because Beltan and Samhain being two of the Celtic fire festivals, fire plays an important role within, uh, within these two holidays. I think they differ slightly. Um, but obviously, when we're talking about Beltan, we we're looking at, at that, that fire, that bale fire of, of also purification. Um, it, I think, it was a custom that uh, farmers would drive their or or walk their cattle through, two uh, or between two fires in order to bring fertility to that cattle as well, so it could sustain them specifically as well through the harsher times of winter. So it would be really important that that cattle were was purified for lack of a better word to sustain them through and through the winter months. So yeah, fire is a really important theme and motif during the obviously the Celtic fire festivals.
2: Well, people figured out really early on that fire got rid of disease and things like that. So that that purifying by fire is an old idea.
1: I can't recall if we mentioned this in our in-bulk episode, although I think we did, but the these fire festivals or so the four quarter, <clears throat> the cross-quarter days are really the original holidays, right? Like the solstices and the equinoxes were added on, and these are the more major holidays. Um, The more, I think, the ones that are more inclined towards mystery, again, not going to try and attempt to define that, the more inclined towards major working, so the capital W, right? So I just think that's really interesting because secularly, these are the quieter holidays, Um, but magically and energetically, these are like the bigger deal.
3: It's also for Beltane when the hearth fire is relit, um, culturally speaking. And so I know here in the U.S. that's not something we're accustomed to or do because no one really maintains a hearth fire. Um, And that's something we're culturally removed from and have been for a long time. But the hearth being the center of the household's activities is the heartbeat of the household. Um, Well, every year they would put the fire out and then the community's uh, fire would be relit and then you would spread that all to the households. And so everyone would share the same rekindled fire and that happened at Beltane.
0: Yeah, that's, that's an interesting practice. I think it's a practice that a lot of us who practice Wicca are probably removed from now because like, I, I don't have a hearth in my home. I have a place where a hearth should be, but nowhere to actually have a fire um, and it's yeah it's 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 a nice practice if it can be done um, and I'm always really jealous of people who have uh, working hearts and working fires in their hearts because I would definitely put a, a, a cauldron above that bad boy as well so you would know as soon as you came in a witch lives here or somebody who, who can't afford gas <laughs> which is also happening as well with the UK gas prices going up I don't know what you guys are like but culturally this is the time of of high gas prices so yeah Witches, build your hearths, get your cauldrons, get our stew going. Maybe not right now, but get something going. Josie, you'd probably appreciate the stew.
2: Yeah, we've got a fire. Um, wood fires are reasonably common around here. Um, but firewood's really expensive now too, so unless you top your own.
0: Yeah, so basically everything's going up. <laughs> price of gas and price of wood. <laughs> so I think that we've we've spoken about uh, energetically belt on sawin, culturally belt on sawin. What do we all do around this time of the year for, for our rituals? How do we mark this time of year? Um, for us in our coven, we will normally concentrate on, on, on some sort of fertility. Now, again, that doesn't necessarily always mean sex. That means bringing fertility back to the land, ensuring that we have enough to go forward. Um, it's it, It's difficult still because we were just starting up as COVID hit. So we've still not gone through a a proper full cycle as a coven in a full turn of the, of the wheel. And, um, it's, it's difficult because, you know, we've had our own personal practices for two, two two-ish years. Um, but normally what we'll do is we'll do some sort of ritual to mark the fertility of the land, bring that fertility into us. Um, whether that is changing jobs Whether that's moving forward, whether that's gaining new skills within the craft or gaining new knowledge within the craft, and then putting that um, into practice in circle, but we'll normally concentrate on the motif motif of um, fertility. What about what about you guys? What
3: what what do you guys do for this time of the year? Well, coven wise, uh, as as I've mentioned before, this this cycle we're just sticking boss, but there's a lot of fleshed out additions in material that i'm excited to play with in the next couple of years with folks
0: Things um, when you say boss what do you mean book of shadows okay
3: I just, just found <laughs> shorthand um, in my personal work um we do have a hearth you know I've, I've fulfilled the witch dream of having a cabin in the woods um you know we have central air and all that good stuff but also have a wood-burning stove so i think i'm going to rekindle the fire in it um, especially since this time of year you know plants are in the ground they're growing and i want to encourage the life of the household throughout the year as as for the family uh, historically uh, when my kids were young we used to attend a festival called mayfair it's a small festival regionally in north carolina Um, we haven't been in a handful of years because that's quite a drive for us and we while we're living in California, and I'm not trekking across country. However, um, beyond that, we also do a lot of outdoorsy things. It is time for firing up the grill and doing barbecues, and uh, we have a fire pit, so we will light a fire and sit around it at night, and you know, tell stories and throw marshmallows at each other and uh, play games throughout the day, where you get all hot and sweaty, so that you're looking forward to that time resting that evening so a lot of those kinds of things there's there's not a particular formula that sticks where you're like oh we're gonna break ice like we do at Imbolc but it is very much associated with what's going on at the time and going outside doing it nice G. what about you
1: so um the coven has an outer court ritual you know per usual we tend for this ritual to split up into two groups um, people who are feeling, and it is, it is a little bit gendered, but it is not based on anything beyond what you're feeling that evening. So there is a, um, what language we use, like the seed bearers and the earth something or other. So we split up into two groups and one group is responsible for getting circle set up, casting circle, um, and enjoying some like community and um, I don't know, just like group intimacy together. And then the other group goes off and gets very like raucous and passes around whiskey and makes a lot of noise while the other group is like, while the first group is trying to, to cast circle or whatever. And then we bring the two groups together and create two different circles and um, do a lot of weaving um, depending on space, you know, on occasion where we've had occasion to be outside we've put up a maple and danced the maypole. um but always no matter what ritual we end up doing or no matter how we end up organizing it we set up a cauldron with seeds in it and we plant seeds and have the entire coven um put energy towards planting seeds ideally what we like to do is to give everybody a um a single seed and then people plant their seeds and then the high priest and high priestess sort of cover the seeds and put their energy into, um, into the planting with the whole coven backing them up with the hope that, you know, everybody's new wishes, new plans are made fertile in the coming, the coming growing season. Um, so that's a big one. I did cheat last year. I got a, um, like a little seed pop from Grove collaborative, if anybody uses them. So it was like a little con like, it was like on a popsicle stick. It was like this little condensed thing that had like seeds and like worm casings and like fertilizer and soil, like all together. So all I had to do was stick that in the pot and it actually grew for me. Um, which I think as we've discussed, I have a black thumb. So I was pretty excited as our first like coven project that, that we managed to make those plants grow and last most of the summer. So, um, I think cheating is okay in some of those cases. But yeah, that, that growing season, that fertility in the world, that, um, sort of like joy, um, revels
3: and so on. Gee, I find it really interesting that y'all focus on planting seeds at this time. And I think it's geographical because regionally for us, we did that already. Um,
1: yeah, our last, our last safe frost date is I think, um, Really, towards the end of May, technically.
3: Yeah, ours is beginning of April, so there's a, a difference there. And I just think it's interesting how the same lore just gets applied slightly differently um, regionally. And and I think that is an amazingly important point that people need to remember: is cultures, that, uh, co- coven's express themselves locally. Oh, you gosh. shouldn't be.
2: Mm-hmm. What you got Sorry.
3: Josie. Do it.
2: Gosh, I like being part of a living tradition.
3: Yes. And what about you, Josie? For
2: me, um, personally, this is a time for remembering people who've passed. I, like I said, um, I lost um, a very dear friend this year and I'm going to be doing some work around him and how much I miss him um, and just honouring his memory. Um, covenly, getting together with family and celebrating and just spending that time with the walls in um and like G said before just building that those relationships at time together um but the main thing we do at this time of year is myself and a bunch of my friends go to a festival called the English Ale over in South Australia um I remember you
0: talking about this last year I know
2: and I was busting to talk about it um and I was like I'll wait till (laughs) seven. Where they do Morris dancing and music, and uh, there's a big fuck off wicker man that they set fire to, and there's a concert, and it's fun. So that's that's what I'm really looking forward to as well. I'll get some photos of the wicker man actually, and um, put them on our Facebook because it's it's always pretty impressive the South Australians know how to put on a good party.
0: Instant instant gel right Mm. here right now. Instant jealousy.
2: (laughs) There's going to be a please a po- please excuse me peter marie suit marie lloyd the horse
0: yeah there's the going to be head. a
2: few of those there so i'll get extra photos of those
0: maybe maybe we should just repost that that marie lloyd uh, meme that we posted at, around christmas time because it's yeah. a good meme it,
2: make, it
1: makes <laughs> you so happy
0: it really does it really does uh, like and i know this is probably the wrong time to talk about the marie lloyd um but it, it it's it's more localized than than people actually realize within within Wales. It wasn't that actually everybody had a Mary Lloyd or celebrated a Mari Lloyd, it was it was more um I think more Glamorganshire way and um and then I think maybe other localized ones, but, but yeah, definitely picks picks where it didn't happen.
2: I was thinking about that actually about the whole localized thing, because I'm like there's a festival called the English Ale and there's a very obscure Welsh dead horse tradition there. But fine, we'll do it
0: and it'll be fun. Bloody English stealing our, our traditions again. Look.
2: Classic English, am I right?
0: Classic English do what the English do. <laughs> Colonising everywhere and then complaining that no one speaks their language. Anyway, let's not get political on, <laughs> on Circle Talk. Um, what about what about suggestions that that seekers can do um i think it's i've never actually done this um because I'm actually really lazy but one thing that you could do is um is make your own altar uh maple with with dowel or or with some some wood decorate it yourself and think about think about for us obviously in the northern hemisphere how how fertility is happening for you what can you um, what can you maybe grow? What can you maybe nurture in your life at the moment that maybe needs to be a little bit more fertile? Um, like I say, something that I've never done um, because really like, gee, I don't have a green finger and I don't really have a, a major craft finger, but I'm sure. Um, what, about, what about some other ideas, guys? What, what do we think?
2: I hate small sea craft, but can I share our very unmagical way that we built a really good maypole one year
0: do it, um, it was
2: <laughs> you're gonna be embarrassed it was a bike wheel on top of the pole on a bolt and like they just put the ribbons on top of that and it spun really well but yeah not not magical it's like kind of like junk but that was fine it was a good time that's about as crafty as i get
0: hey as long as it's done it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the process. Uh, well, I, I, I just, I don't necessarily always agree with that. Um, but it's about the end goal as well. I think, isn't it? That the fact that you made something with other people and and put your energy into that, I think that's the important bit as well.
2: The fact that it was made out of garbage doesn't matter.
0: No, no. You're we re- in, in in you probably have it as well. But in Wills, um, kind of like the government thing is reduce, reuse, recycle, and. You know it makes sense. So yeah, if you if you can build a maple out of out of rubbish, trash, garbage, and any other colloquial word for things that you'd no longer need, go for
3: it. Peter, uh. it's your fault, but I just had one of those aha moments, and it's with your go little min, your mini altar maple. So in the Cultus Sabati in the Azoatia written by Chumbly, he talks about one of the practices of erecting a fetish tree. As part of their ritual space, and you hang some of your ritual implements and charms and other things on it. It represents the world tree. Well, in Irish mythology, belting can also be associated with the world tree through um, one of the gods. And so the maypole also has a lot of that uh, conjoining of as below, so above, male, female coming together, and so it's all becoming the same. And so when you're making your little miniature belt uh, uh, maypole. You're making like a the fetish tree. You're making the world tree upon your altar, which is the Axis Mundi. Um, and I just all all the little pieces of lore we've been discussing today just all hit at once. That's all.
0: Yeah, I, I it it links in with that that sympathetic magic that we're we're doing as well. Um, just on a note of the word of fetish, we're we're not talking about BDSM here, guys, listeners. We're not talking about leather bars. You know, I know G's really disappointed now. But um, yeah, does 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 anybody want to maybe explain what fetishism is within an occult practice? This is kind of going off topic, but I mean, you know, we've mentioned the word fetish. W- what do we understand by the term fetish
3: and fetishism? fetishism? It's difficult because it, yeah. it depends yeah. on what part of the lore we're talking about. Are we talking about fetch self, fetishes as in external beings? Or are we talking about the little... Trinkets. I mean, there's so many different ways it could be applied, so it just depends on which one we're we're talking. I think
1: in this content, on this, on this, in this context, I mean, I first came across the idea of a fetish in my anthropology classes, right? So, this idea that like a ritual or a religious object um, as part of like a small cult, small c cult, uh, religion, but. That is a little bit different than um, I think the way that like a fetish is used in the occult sense. I think that the idea has sort of like evolved from there, so it's it's a bit
0: tricky. It's
2: starting to sound like another whole episode. Yeah, it
0: might be. Right. Yeah, it might be actually sympathetic magic, high magic. Yeah. Differences, similarities. I I think from a from a very basic level, we we could we could probably say that that a fetish is a is a symbolic symbol from an occult point of view of something else like the Maypole. You know, that that is a symbol for something, not necessarily a bigger version of the same thing, but but a symbol nonetheless. Okay, any more suggestions before we start wrapping up, guys and peeps?
1: So I would just suggest, uh, no matter which hemisphere you're in, these tend to be the biggest holidays, people get very excited about them. And so there are usually public events that you can attend, Um, especially here in the northern hemisphere, as we're getting towards the warmer time of the year, there's a lot of outdoor events, if you've been um, still maintaining a lot of COVID precautions, this might be a good opportunity to participate in the community, but like in an outdoor space, if you would feel more safe. I know here, over at Harvard University every year, but it's not happened the last two years but it is this year i'm very excited um a troupe of morris dancers comes at dawn on may 1st we call it dancing in the dawn literally at sunrise um and people go out and they erect a maple and the morris dancers do their little morris dance and then people dance the maple and it's all sec- secular meant to be completely secular but obviously a lot of us who go are the kind of like weirdos who do something similar in our private practices and whatnot Um, so, you know, be on the lookout for stuff like that, because you can find, um, I know a lot of people are looking for community and like big holidays like this are good opportunities to find people, uh, who are putting on open events. And I would also say just to like, I know we keep going back to this idea of like planting and harvesting. And I think that's because when we talk about magic and using the world around us to empower our magic one of the easiest things to do is what is happening in this time of the year and how can you apply that energy towards your magic? You know, so at this point, you know, if you're looking for a new job, what a great time to be doing spell work towards getting a new job, right? Towards building fertility in um, your opportunities for the job search or um, towards growing connections between you and other folks in terms of like networking um, and helping you in that way. Uh, if you are a you know interested in trying to have a baby this is a great time to do spell work towards that as well um so keep those things in mind too we talk a lot about moon cycles and magic but I think we don't always take the opportunity to look at what's happening at the solar cycle
0: as well great I think that I think that just about brings us to the end of this episode so in summary then some of the things that we've spoken about today include background information on Beltan and Samhain, what we each do for these cross quarter days, and some suggestions for listeners, seekers, beginners, and people who are curious and already initiates as well. So our closing thought for today is, what does fertility mean to you around this time of the year, whether you're in the Northern Hemisphere or in the Southern Hemisphere? What does fertility mean to you? How can you bring fertility and make those endeavours that you currently have more fertile how can you use the light? How can you use the dark? How can you use the fire to help you be more successful in those endeavors? What, what do you need to happen and work towards those goals? So, as a reminder, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as Circle Talk for Witches, that's the number four, and on Twitter as Circle 4 Witches, again, the number four, or you can email us at CircleTalk for Witches at gmail.com. If you have any questions, any queries, any thoughts, or ideas for future discussions, then please, please, please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. So from all of us here at Circle Talk, merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again.